In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, we've reached the third Sunday of Advent, and just as the midway point of this blessed season, or right at this midway point, I should say, the Lord gives us a day in His preparation of our souls, just like in Lent, just past the halfway point. He gives us a Mass that has as its title, Rejoice. In the Latin today, Gaudete, rejoice for being called to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of this penitential season. And you'll notice that the third candle that's lit for Advent, it doesn't have the darker penitential color, but the lighter rose color to refresh us, to lighten us. The same thing with the vestments today. We change into these vestments, rose-colored vestments, to lighten the scene, to come out of the violet color for just a moment. The organ plays on this Sunday, and it doesn't in Advent everywhere else. Because the Lord is present with us today, with the desire that if we will seek Him out, if we will seek Him, we will find Him, and He will turn our hearts to rejoicing. That's what this day is all about. To rejoice, to remind every Christian who's filled with the Holy Spirit that there's not one moment in our lives where we fail to have so many reasons to praise our God for everything that He is and everything that He has done and everything He will do in our lives if we will seek Him and remain in Him. I think a lot of times of this Sunday, both in Lent and in this Advent, I think of it in terms of the way that the psalmist David worded it during one of his darker times in his life. When he said these words that you hear prayed every Sunday in the Confidior prayers. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. And this is the reason, even though we are given the Gospel of St. Matthew today in chapter 11 that you heard chanted just a few moments ago. To take us in the depth of whatever struggle we may be struggling with, whatever low point we might be in, whatever lack of faith we might currently have. And by Christ coming alongside us to show us how he will lift our spirits, strengthen us in our innermost being. That's what this Sunday is about. And so we attend to the gospel reading from St. Matthew. And what we heard was this. The one that is considered the greatest of all of the prophets, St. John the Forerunner, he has been in prison. And guess what? This man of great faith, as he's been confined in prison, he's having moments of weakness. He's having moments of weakness in his humanity. In the midst of his current sufferings and situation, he has some great concerns that he is going to reach out to his Savior, Jesus Christ, regarding. Because we find this is what he does. He takes two of his disciples and he tells them, go seek out Jesus. Go find him and ask him this question. Are you the coming one? Or are we to expect and look for another? Thank God for St. John's authenticity. And thank God for St. Matthew recording these moments for us, a brief struggle that this blessed prophet is having, because the reason it's recorded is for our sake to learn from and to take comfort in. I mean, do you really see what you're hearing here? Are you embracing what's really happening in this gospel reading? 
This is the blessed chosen Saint John the forerunner chosen by our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the one who leapt in the womb of his mother Saint Elizabeth when the unborn Lord Jesus Christ in the Blessed Virgin Mary's womb entered into the room where they were located. He leapt in the womb at the presence of Christ. This is the one who is not only called, but grace to prepare the hearts and souls the way to receive Jesus Christ as he was coming. And this is the same John that pointed to his own disciples who had followed him through his ministry. When Jesus arrived saying, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, go follow him. This same John in prison in moments of some suffering and some dark moments is wrestling in his humanity a little bit with his faith, this great prophet. And we should take absolute great comfort that we've been given this to see today. But the great men of God, you look at Holy Scripture. You find me a man or woman of God that didn't fail in their sufferings, that didn't struggle in their sufferings, that didn't need God to pick them out of the pit that they dug themselves in from time to time. And this great prophet is no different. And when he's saying what I hear when St. John, the forerunner, is saying, are you, Lord, the one or shall we wait for another? Quite frankly, I hear the heart of a man that is, as we talk about quite often around here, from his heart, he's praying, Lord, you know I believe. Help me in my unbelief right now. That's what he's praying. That's what he's seeking. And we do well to understand that the struggle of this great prophet, not only with so many men and women of God, but every one of the great prophets of God struggled just like this in moments of their suffering. And God showed up and came alongside them to strengthen them to continue on and to press on so their hearts would be turned to rejoicing. Let me give you just two examples. The great prophet Elijah, this man who in faith called down fire from heaven, which consumed the so many prophets of Baal who were rising up against God and testing God. Well, when this happened, the king's wife Jezebel she announced she was out to kill Elijah. And Elijah, when he hears this, this great man of faith that stood in the midst of all of these prophets and their false gods and let God demonstrate himself, that same prophet ran. He became scared. And he, not only did he run and hide because she was seeking to kill him, but listen to what Scripture tells us. This great man of faith sat under a bush praying to die. That's the words of this great prophet, this great man of faith. And so the Lord sends him in his lowest point, an angel. And the angel directs him, go up to the mountain to be with God. And so Elijah obeys. And he goes up to the mountain to be with God. And there God presents himself. There God communicates with Elijah in a way that he needed. You'll remember, he didn't hear God in the earthquake. He didn't hear God in the mighty rushing wind. He heard God in the still, small, beautiful voice. And it was only the still, beautiful voice of God that showed Elijah how near to him God was. That he was still with his chosen prophet. And his heart was turned from his grieving and he pressed on. The prophet Jeremiah called by God to be God's voice to a people in time 
where God's people were extraordinarily adulterous and unfaithful to God. In fact, when you look at God's words through the prophet Jeremiah, they are constantly harsh and constantly calling God's people to repentance. But the people would harshly respond against Jeremiah and the God who is voicing this. In fact, Jeremiah is known to the fathers and to all of us as the weeping prophet. Because he was constantly crying out before God on behalf of the people, but also because of his own sufferings and struggles in this very ministry that the Lord his God had called him to. In fact, listen to what comes out of this great prophet's mouth, according to Scripture, in one of his lowest points. God, you lied to me. You lied to me. You deceived me in this calling. I'm a laughingstock to all. I am mocked all the day long. You hear his sufferings reach out to God. And God hears his cry. And he comes by Jeremiah's side. And again with that voice lets Jeremiah know just how near he is to him. And it caused his heart to settle, to go to peace, to be strengthened, and to continue in the journey. Are you seeing the pattern? Great people of God. Who had had so much experience with God. There's no question these prophets had experienced God and his voice in profound ways. And even so these great men of faith in their humanity under times of suffering. Out of times of darkness. They waver a bit in their faith. They stumble in their humanity. And they are in need of God to come alongside them and reveal himself. To show the light of his countenance to them. So that their heart could be restored to peace and strengthened in their innermost being. And so it is with blessed St. John the forerunner this morning. In the scripture, in the gospel reading, he's faltering in a season. And he's desperate for the comfort of knowing Jesus is the word of God, the Savior, the Messiah. But you know what the church fathers say was one of his core concerns? Many of the church fathers say this. John had a feeling he was about to die in prison. He knew that he might lose his life. And when faced with his mortality, you know what he's really crying out? Jesus, I have to know that you're the one that if I die here having followed you, you're the one that's going to come into Hades to rescue me soon. That's what a number of the church fathers, isn't that incredible? That you're the one, if I go into Hades before you finish your work, that you're the one who will come and grab me out of it. That's what he's crying out for, at least one of the core things. And so the question comes to Jesus by way of his disciples. Are you the one or shall we wait for another? And like we've been speaking about, Jesus knows precisely how to answer blessed St. John the Forerunner's question based on what is in the core of his being. What he's really struggling with. And so here's Jesus' answer to the disciples back to John. He tells John's disciples... Go and tell the John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Do you realize what Jesus is saying to the greatest of prophets? He's saying, I am the one that all the other prophets leading up to you have spoken about. For all of this was prophesied. And he gives blessed St. John that encouragement. Notice he doesn't just say, no, tell John I'm the one. It's more than that. He knows what his disciple John 
His chosen prophet, John, needs in his innermost being so his heart will turn from discouragement and fear and be graced with great faith and comfort in this time. My friends, everything that I'm telling you about the prophets, everything that I'm telling you about Blessed St. John, the forerunner, the greatest of them, this is not for prophets alone. The word of God that is coming to us, the encouragement that is coming to us this morning, it's for every person in Christ filled with the Holy Spirit for the times in which they go through valleys of darkness and uncertainty and sufferings and pain and wonderings and questionings and a limited faith. It's for every one of us. And if you'll allow me, I'd like to share you a testimony very recent from my own life and how the Lord did this for me at a very needed time. Throughout this whole fall season, really since late August, early September, I've gone through something in my priesthood that I've never gone through before. You know, I always go through these long seasons of ministry and then it's time for a little break and vacation to fill the tank again. That's every one of us in our jobs. We all go through times like that. But there is something much different about this fall season. I found myself more than just a little tired. I found myself empty and very much doubting what more I can offer Christ to all of you heading forward. You know, one of the reasons I, I thought about this is I talked to Father James, but also some other priests about my struggle along the way. They said, let me guess, you're coming up on your decade. I said nine years. <laughs> yeah. They said, we've been there. We got you. We know where you are and God will be faithful. Hang in there. They're very encouraging to me. But that really was what it is. There was this time where I literally was very, very dark in my, in my thoughts, weak in, in faith, empty within, even though I was constantly doing everything I'd always done. Just this sense of emptiness and what more can I offer? And I will tell you, in a heartbeat. There's never a time I wasn't considering continuing on as a priest. The question on the table is, Lord, how? What do I have left to offer? And it was a, very, it was a big struggle. It made every week kind of like walking through a swamp, getting everything done and having to rely, as I always should and, and typically do, on Christ for everything. But it made that difficult. Let me tell you what our Lord did for me to bring great comfort to me. And it was a week ago yesterday, last Saturday, I was driving to come and hear some confessions and then pray vespers. And as I was driving, I was kind of reminiscing on this stage of the game and thinking about how I've been feeling all of this fall, which I did a lot over Thanksgiving as well. But this thing kept going through my mind, Lord, my greatest concern, what do I, what do I really have left to offer? And I'm going to share with you what was whispered into here. And he shared with me these words. You have me to offer them and I am limitless. I'm going to say that again. You have me to offer them and I am limitless. You, you have no idea. Maybe you do. That spoke to the very core of my struggle. The root of everything that I was feeling. And what he was sharing is, you've always had everything because I am everything. And I am the one that's going to share myself. And I am the one who knows the needs of the people. And I am the one who holds in my hand everything that they need for salvation. You just stay yoked to me. 
You see? And I'm going to tell you all that struggle that I had in the fall with the whisper of that one-liner. My shoulders went down. My heart went to peace. And I relaxed into the God who has everything in his wonderful hands out of his love for all of us. You see? Why do I share that with you? Because that is not for prophets. It is not for priests of the church. It is for every Christian filled with the Holy Spirit who is struggling in their faith, in their journey, to keep pressing on at any moment. God has us. God intensely loves us and will not let us go. The question comes to us is not about that. The question is, if God is truly like that, are we seeking him out in our weakness? Are we seeking him out? In our lack of faith. Are we pleading like the prophets did. Even if we yell out God you lied to me. Are we seeking him out. Putting our humanity with authenticity before him. Because for those that seek him. He promises what? That we will find him. Which means we will experience him in that moment. He will come alongside us. And he will give us precisely whatever it is. He knows we need. To stabilize us. Strengthen us. And grant us his peace. And when he does that. This service. This mass has a command to it. Rejoice. Not a suggestion. It's rejoice with an exclamation point. Rejoice. And when we experience God in that way. We will not. We, we can't help ourselves. We will be obedient. And rejoicing will come out of us. Does that make sense? In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.